stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theatre. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Hello and welcome back. We are breaking up with RBS. This is episode number 17, and I'm Tawny Santabria. And I am still JDK Winnikin. Oh, good. Welcome back. <laughs> yes, welcome. How was your week? It was good. It was good. I've been thinking about uh, teenagers all week since we were talking about it last week, and we're in the episode teens, talking about teens. Okay. Teens everywhere. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So anyway, let's let's get right to, let's yes, get right let's to it. Let's go ahead. Uh, welcome to all of you. Thanks for uh, joining us again. Uh, if you're on 106.9 Warm in Seattle, uh, good morning. Thanks for being here. And uh, be sure to check out our Facebook group uh, at Breaking Up With Our BS. Spell it out and you'll find it. And you can join that and get stuff in between sessions. And then, of course, you can pick this up as a podcast on your favorite platform Mm -hmm. and a video version if you're really interested in what it looks like to be this goofy and have this much fun in the studio at our YouTube channel, uh, which is also breaking up with our BS. So we talked with Taryn last week about being Mm -hmm. about teenagers, being a parent of teenagers. She's back again. Hi, Taryn. Thank you. Welcome. Hi. Ready to <laughs> Glad go again. Glad to have you back. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Glad so to be here. So if you missed last week's conversation, you can check it out on, on our pla- podcast platform, episode 16, uh, to get the background. But we're going to continue with the discussion of, of what it's like raising teens. And of course, you're raising four in a blended household. Yes, I am. So um, so I was thinking, you know, we talked a little bit, talked about a bunch of stuff last week. But well, when you were thinking about teenagers about all teenagers week. about teenagers all week. Because what it was like being a teenager, like what it was like for me being a teenager, and how does people parent teenagers? I'm not a parent myself, so it kind of freaks mm. me out. It you is know, freaky. I don't, yes. I don't know how y'all. I don't know how y'all do it. Nobody does. Mm. All right, so let it, let's talk about some ways in which you do it. Because uh, you know, we talked about the importance of connection and awareness, and being able to see your kids and f- take those openings when those they reach bids, out. Those yes, bids. Those bids. Mm-hmm. So, um, Taryn, what are some things you do? you and your, your partner do as a family. Anything like that come up that you do together that kind of brings you guys to the present, gets you connected? Oh, yeah. We, we do a couple of things. Um, one of our favorites is doing Taste Test Tuesday nights. <laughs> okay, I got to hear about this. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It started when um, I had a craving for some dark chocolate, and I said, hey, Aaron, would you mind picking some dark chocolate up at the store? And he's like, Sure. And um, he's a very creative guy, and so he came home with six bars of dark chocolate. Oh, nice. I was like, That's thank you. Yes. <laughs> well done, Aaron. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, okay, these are all mine. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Um, th- we ended up, um, we're like, well, which one is really the best? And so that was the start of, it's been over a year plus, and we even have a notebook of all of these taste tests that we've been doing for over a year. Um, and it started with dark chocolate of like, which one really is the best dark chocolate? And so we have had hot chocolate, vanilla ice cream. There's a little bit of a chocolate theme here. Um, <laughs> chocolate ice cream. I made a batch myself. It's all dessert theme so usually, far. Yeah, usually desserts. Um, we have done water and there is a difference with water. Smart water, I think, did <laughs> win. Um, if you're looking for some sponsorship here, um, <laughs> <laughs> any comfort foods at all? Oh, mac and cheese. Oh, that'd yeah, be mm-hmm. that one was a really good one. And, um, both my partner and I, we, we made our own version of mac and cheese because we've been in this bit of a competition of like whose mac and cheese is better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we picked one up from Costco and then a couple mm-hmm. others and mine came in third. 
It's a little unfortunate. Do, do you yeah. typically all agree which one is the best? I'm so curious. No. Okay. We don't. But we have a voting system. Oh, um, oh. So like, it's democratic. And it is. Like, there's weighted, um, like, the your first place gets so many points and second gets so many points. We had to adjust this over time because it wasn't really getting a clear winner out right. of that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've now evolved to now we have a QRC code and we have a, a voting on our app. And my eldest stepson, he's converted that into a spreadsheet to calculate more quickly. <laughs> this wow. is how, like, it's evolved. And we even got it involved with his um, college mates down at Cal Poly. Mm. So, like, it's now become cross-border. Um, wow. wow. Yeah, taste okay. test. That okay. sounds really cool. What comes up for you with that, yeah. Tony? That's well, It's a great way to keep connection with regularity if everybody looks forward to that on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I would imagine that you have great conversations. Such fun conversations. Um, they became <laughs> even part of um, our eldest son's college applications because he called them the whiteboard conversations. Because we'd get the old art easel out and we'd start like diagramming our different points of views and really just discussion, which mm-hmm. I think is missing in a lot of households of just mm-hmm. open, respecting people's point of views mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, you know, there's a few like, are you kidding me? Do you right. really believe that? Right. Um, but it really does create fun and um, more confidence in the kids to have their point of view be mm-hmm. heard. Sure. Yeah. It's real present, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can well can be right. Depending. Yeah. Depending on it sounds mm-hmm. like it, if we're really it. attached to our own mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I did have to let it go. I'm like, yeah, right. maybe a little put a little too much mustard in mine. Or yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. got to be willing to take that criticism, yeah. that mild mm-hmm. criticism. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Like, I guess yeah. that's, I guess that's why you know fam- some families really push like game nights. Right. They mm-hmm. do a game night once mm-hmm. a week. Or mm-hmm. um, some families like to go to the movies. You know, I know yeah. my sister's family like to do that together. Mm-hmm. They've always enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I guess that's one of the things getting present because you're all then doing that together in the moment, not really worrying about. Anything else? Yes. As long as, you know, that's the thing. I think presence can be a little confusing sometimes. And so we certainly can be in the same room with somebody and thoughts somewhere else. Sure. Absolutely. Then that wouldn't be present. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so movies are a little tough because they're kind of, but they could still be fun. Right. So we can still have fun and have connections. Yeah, it's with not very people, interactive, I guess. But not necessarily have to um, put too much emphasis on the presence piece as it really is because fun is good too mm. right like um yeah, you don't want to overthink the presence is what you're saying yeah <laughs> or expect that um even in game night right game night wouldn't necessarily be inherently present yeah right because some game nights if you've you, you are think you know you're if you're in your thinking space mm-hmm strategizing right that's not i mean that's not a problem it it in that context because that's what you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. is strategizing if that um but it wouldn't necessarily be present mm-hmm. that's true mm-hmm. right that's true. Well, um, I- we could get all tense and contracted and really want to win competitive right yeah and that wouldn't be so present. presence first and activity has to follow as opposed to the way I was pitching it makes sound like you do an activity and presence will follow. Right. It's mm-hmm. got to be the other way yeah. around. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. And 
And then if it's a clear choice, right, if the family loves to strategize and play games and do things that keep them in their thinking space because it's fun, Mm -hmm. well, that's a fun activity. Yeah, that's not a problem. Right. Right, but we don't want to confuse what presence is. We don't want to confuse what presence is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it reminds me when I was been thinking back of my own childhood one of the things that when i was a kid and then even as a teenager is when my parents would take us on surprise trips somewhere mm. when i was when i was little lived on the big island mm. my parents several times got my sister and i up in the middle of the night and we went to volcanoes national park because the volcanoes were erupting mm-hmm. and we would sit it'd be the middle of the night we got to miss school the next day and we would sit on the on the the back end of the car with the door open and my mom would have packed hot chocolate and all this stuff we would watch it for hours mm-hmm. and that's all we that's all we did mm-hmm. and that's all we had to do Mm-hmm. And my sister and I talk about that all the time. Yeah. And then there's other places they've done that too. We're like, you know, what? we're just going to do this. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those ones where yeah, it's absolutely. like, yes, you know, I just got chills as you're talking. I know about that it was so cool. You're using all your sensories being in that moment. Yeah. And now you have that memory like locked in. Mm-hmm. That's presence. Yep. And every, and every part of ourselves was part of that. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It was, right. it was engaging everything. It was something mm-hmm. new. And, and, so, yeah, I mean, so in terms of uh, in terms of the minefield stuff, I mean, it comes back to what we were mentioning last week about taking those when you see those bids, when those kids are mm-hmm. reaching out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, how about the other way around? Mm-hmm. Like, because we parents want to connect with their kids, too. Right. Not just. Yeah. Not just respond to them, but initiate. Sure. sure. And we talked last week when the kids were smaller. Right. Like then as a teen, as a parent. You're going to be creating those moments more often mm. for the younger kids. If we're talking teenagers, sometimes our reach out to our teenager um, is the wrong time. <laughs> and it becomes really clear. And then we keep pushing it and trying to convince them. And, and that doesn't tend to work really well. Yeah. So if we flip it, instead of pushing for that connection or whatever it is that we need to have happen in that moment. Mm-hmm. If we're a little more patient, and, and, and certainly sometimes we have to have a conversation. There could be something around safety or something really important that I know yeah. you don't want to hear this, and right. this is really important to hear. Mm-hmm. But if we are having those, if we're meeting their bids with regularity, they're going to trust. That you're going to be there. And, that yeah, they're going to trust that, okay, this is really important. Mom needs to talk to me about this. Mm-hmm. Right? They're going to be more open mm-hmm. to that. If we're too demanding around that and then we don't meet them when they want to connect, then it's on our terms all the time. Oh, we're man. not going to get openness from them when it's on, you know, we're telling them it needs to be on our terms all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we'll talk in 15 minutes or even just not even being available. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Or, not, not, now's not the right time, right? Yeah. Checking know. in with them too. Mm-hmm. Like what, what do you need right now? Yeah. I absolutely. find that, that once I learned that phrase of what do you need right now? They'll let me know. Like, mm-hmm. no, I, I just want to be in my room right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just reminding them, reminding them that you're here helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you look, the look on your face as you were talking about that shows mm-hmm. that you've got some experience with maybe pushing at the wrong moments <laughs> on teenage well, who doesn't, kids. Right? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Because, because at what point do they, like, overnight become 
into this teenage land, right? They, they just subtly sort of move into, you know, you have a 10 and 11 year old who's, who tends to like to still be around you and, and they think you're still kind of cool as a parent and that you know something. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, somewhere, you, that changes. And you don't really know when it changes. Right? Until you do. Until you do. So you're, as a parent, just kind of going on about your day. Oh, okay. Like, things are going pretty good. Then bam. Right? And yeah. then you get this. Wow. I know. Door slam. <laughs> I know. Door you slam this, or explosion. Like, what just happened mm-hmm. to... My cute cuddly bug. I know what happened. Oh boy! And is everything going to be okay? Right? Like <laughs> got two two moms <laughs> melting in the studio. It's right like now. I miss those cuddle moments. <laughs> they were so cute when they're little, mm. right? So yeah. So that's part of. And then there's the adjustment period for parent. Like, wait, how do I adjust to this? It almost feels like a grief period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It can I would be. think. I would yeah. think. Yeah. And that would probably lead some some parents or maybe all parents do this back and forth to try to hold on to yes. mm-hmm. what has been lost mm-hmm. or reclaim it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think grief is a really good way to put it. I watched my sister go through that as her kids were growing up where something changes. And, mm-hmm. you know, she was so keenly aware that, oh, yeah, he's not going to do that anymore. My nephew or my, my, mm-hmm. my niece doesn't need that from her anymore. Yeah. It seems like a painful thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're... As a parent, you're growing and developing alongside your child oh, yeah. all the time, just oh, in, yeah. in, in the same, at the same pace, <laughs> right? We're playing off of each other. And so we don't have a whole lot of control over that oftentimes um, because we're dealing with another person. So do you guys think that's a common understanding for parents or do parents, is it easy to shift into, I'm the adult, I know kind of how things are supposed to go. So I'm going to guide them rather than looking at it. This, this teenager of mine is developing. I'm developing. We're on the same continuum in two different places. That doesn't seem like that gets framed that way that often. I, we, don't, I, we don't talk about that yeah. amongst ourselves as parents, no. Should mm-hmm. you? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. What I'm just, it, I'm what genuinely open asking. open up if yeah. we did, right? What could, we would see ourselves as a person because that's part of the thing, too. We want to be a person. But oftentimes we are seeing ourselves in these roles that we have. This is what I'm supposed to do in order to fulfill Mm -hmm. this role. We do it at work. We do it with our kids. We do it all over the place, right? This is what I'm supposed to do to be a good blah. I can tell you from my thinking back, I would have loved that. My my parents had, had very clear stories. And I'm not saying anything I haven't said to them. We've had a lot of conversations about this. Um... But I kind of got that reception from them, like they they were doing what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it never occurred to me as a teenager that my parents were still developing as people. Figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Right. It never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. And so I think about kind of rolling, rewinding back to what it would feel like to be 11 or 12, you know, 13, whatever, and have this understanding that my parents were being open about. They were developing too. They were. Mm-hmm. They knew that. It just never got communicated. Mm-hmm. That would seem to be huge in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That your parents are human beings. They're still developing. They're still learning, too. And they have their challenges. They compare. Mm-hmm. Well, back to that topic from last week is like perfectionism. Like we're oh, actually yeah. just um, a block of clay getting formed and reformed in mm-hmm. every interaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. And if our goal is to keep connection or keep the lines of communication open, um, then on some level we do have to be a human being with our kids, right? Like we still have to have 
probably some rules and expectations because yeah. yeah, there's there's some you know things we have to do as a family and 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 the role of parent is one to be able to mentor that for sure, right? So there's still parts of that, but um, if if at some point all kids grow up and see their parents as humans, finally, yeah, they go, what the heck? Um, but if they could see them a little bit earlier as humans. Not that they would care a whole lot necessarily because that age of a teenager is sort of self. Yeah. But but just that the message. I think one of the things I would tell my kids um, is, okay, I get that you want to do this and you can do this and I get to be anxious about it because mm. I'm your mom. Oh, it's almost like so, agreements like, OK, you can do this and I get to do this. Yes. And, and we're going to be OK. Yes. Wow. So mm. so when you see me do this, this or this or right. Um, why why I'd like to hear from you when you get to your destination is because this is what I'm doing. Mm. Right. So um, not that they probably but at least it gave them some perspective. It wasn't yeah. that I was trying to control what they were doing or not doing, but but that, yeah, I had some anxiety about it. That just reminded me of a story of, like, back in college, I went back home over the holiday break, and my dad was like, you need to be home by 2 a.m. I'm like, Dad, I'm in college. Why do I need these restrictions put on? I'm a responsible kid. And he's like, it's not you I'm worried about. It's the drunks that are getting out of the bars at two. Mm-hmm. I need you home mm-hmm. or someplace safe by two. Sure. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, context. Thanks. <laughs> now I get it. Mm-hmm. And it just really like that example. I'm like, that's what I just need to share with my kids. It's like, well, what's behind this structure or boundary rule, whatever you want to call it? Mm-hmm. Why am I why am I putting that out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's interesting. I, I, I remember one of the first... I guess, agreements, I guess, mm-hmm. like that, that I had with my mom was when I was in college. And I told her about someplace I was going. I got really adventurous in college. I, I loved being on my own. I went places. I went camping. I went to concerts, riding in the back of trucks in the middle of the night and all this kind of stuff. And she said, can you not tell me about those things till after you do them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought she was joking. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was doing something, you know, letting her know where I was. And I mm-hmm. thought, it, and she said, no, I would rather you tell me after you do it. Mm-hmm. And I remember going, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And she, it actually worked really well. It helped me kind of see that my mom had a very specific way she wanted to worry about this and knew she tended to worry mm-hmm. about me being away from home. Mm-hmm. So this was a way to help her yeah. with that. And that was, that's in retrospect, that was kind of a big moment for me mm-hmm. in seeing my mom as a human mm-hmm. continuing yeah. to develop and yep. learn about herself. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we can still be a parent and be a human with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, that doesn't get talked about very much. Mm-mm. No. Man, and it's not emphasized in stuff and it's not, it doesn't make it into the social media posts. It doesn't make it into uh, all the books that are out there for us to read or anything like that. Mm-mm. seems like kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. And if we go back to the safety system, right, that's what we're all sort of, when we're there in our bodies as a parent or a child or a teen, um, we're, we're going to be able to do better. Yeah. So um, getting there with each other and, and learning that process together as a family um, can be a whole lot more supportive than 
even giving space. Some, you know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some some space can be disconnecting, and yeah. some space can be really healthy. Yeah. Um, but 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 knowing, right? When and where is is need where it's needed. And what to do with it on your own end, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I and I've noticed this before, yes. too, is like, you know, and I actually had a friend call me out on this once because I was saying, I'm just giving you space. And she said, well, you're not putting much in it. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm stepping into it, but you're not putting much in it with me. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. It takes two. You got <laughs> to lean into each other. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So is that that's kind of yeah. what you're getting at. Yeah. Right. Because connection, it seems, is because is, if you if you have connection, you're probably not going to worry too much about space. Mm-hmm. Because right. it, it, it's sort of almost naturally created yes. and, it, and yes. there's a... And it's safe. And it's safe. That's right. the part, right? When we need to get away, it's because something's... Doesn't feel safe. Doesn't feel safe, doesn't necessarily mean it's unsafe. We could have a story that has told us that it's unsafe, doesn't uh-huh. mean it is, but then our body is reacting in a way that it feels unsafe. Again, not not that it is, actually, um, but that we're in the fight or flight system or we're in yeah. our freeze system and so we just want to, you know, get away mm. or be left alone. And that isn't necessarily going to be helpful in a lot of ways. Particularly so, if it just goes that way, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry, well, we I just had an experience of that with my partner um, just this last couple of weeks. And my what I'm realizing now is my system of response when I feel not safe, not not physically safe, but just there's something feeling unsettled in, mm-hmm. in this this relationship. It's like, I'm going to pack my bags and I'm going to get out. Mm-hmm. Is there another response that somebody else, like who may not have the the flight response and maybe it's the freeze or it's fight, like how would they respond in that type of a situation? Mm-hmm. When they're feeling... When both parties are like in a high stress conversation or they're mm-hmm. feeling unsafe. And then one, they, one feels like the need to... Yeah, to separate. Like, or, here, here, I'm wanting to pull up and you know pack yeah. the bags and get out, and mm-hmm. the other one wants to stay. Like, mm-hmm. or is going to pursue you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, any any place in there, right? Sometimes we need to get out completely. Sometimes we just need to be in another room. Sometimes we need to be able to have space to process what's going on. Exactly. Another person might need to figure it out right now, and we've got to be in it and. And so there's, depending on what we developed for our own coping mechanisms around that unpleasantness Mm -hmm. that's happening there, um, it it could look like a whole lot of different things, Mm -hmm. right? It could look like um, crazy making, right? It could look like digging in even further or defending ourselves or criticism. It can look like a lot of different things. Um, And if both partners can get safe with each other, Right. It can it can look like or even just being aware that's what the other person does. Right. I mean, if if you learn that the other person does this and you do it this because because at some level you want to try and keep the connection. Right. Even with those coping mechanisms, like because if you if you if you can either reestablish that connection or stay connected in it, you'll work through it. It won't become a permanent state or a problem state. Right. Am I getting that wrong? Yes. And if the coping mechanisms of I'm going to pack my bags and leave is to be supposed to be understood by the other partner, it's not going to work. Ah. Yeah, What? because it can activate mm-hmm. for them something well, sh- underneath when, it. When somebody leaves, when somebody we care about leaves, we are not getting into our safety system. It's not going to happen. <laughs> no, so so what, it, what would be an alternative to you approaching going? that? Like, 
Well, I mean, I guess, are you like agreeing not to leave for starters? Okay. Yeah. Like, like I'm not really leaving, but that's what's like, is it yeah. articulating it and going like, this is what's being activated in me right now? Mm-hmm. If, if, if before you have this kind of a, a tense, stressful situation, you guys have made agreements around, we know this is going to happen again, mm-hmm. right? Here's what we're going to do when it happens again. Mm. My tendency is to want to get the heck out of here and leave, but I'm not going to do that. And, and maybe that means, um, but I, I, we can come up with like 10-minute break. Let's reconvene in 10 minutes. A bookend, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that there's some kind of a plan in place that doesn't activate or, or keep somebody out of their own safety system. Because when we, when we leave somebody who cares about us, uh, it just... It's abandonment. Yeah, like it, yeah. yeah. It, there's, it's really difficult. Kicks up everything. To, mm-hmm. Yeah, it kicks up everything. And we're in a fight or flight. And, and so making those agreements before around what we want this to look like when these disagreements happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does, does that come up like with you and your with partner? It, yeah, with my partner and I, that will be our little dance. But I'm just curious, like how, how do you arrange that with your kids when you're noticing that pattern? Um, they want to like run away because they're not happy with the situation. Right. And so part of that would be, I mean, it's like with kids, you probably, I'd, I'd need to know the context of the situation, mm-hmm. right? Because it, two um, adults who are agreeing on a relationship, it's very different for sure than teenager and parent, mm-hmm. right? So if there's trauma in the past, there could be some things that are making it difficult for them to stay in their safety system. And so then some kind of a uh, an agreement, agreement around helping them to do that. Sometimes as parents, we push and push and push and push at the wrong times. Like that may not be the, the time to do that. And so being aware of ourselves. Sometimes we talked to Emily about this a couple of weeks ago, sort of making sure that in that moment as a parent, we are soft. Mm. we soften ourselves first before we get into those moments or in those moments we're practicing because then that's going to decrease some of the um, intensity also. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Wow. That's great stuff. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad it really is. It's got, it's got me really thinking. Unfortunately we are out of time again. Mm. (laughs) I know it goes so fast. I'm like, Mm. I want to know more about this softening. I know what you're talking about and I like, Oh, there's so much. Yeah, there. there is. There is. And it's it's key to a lot of what we talk about. Mm-hmm. So, um, Taryn, thanks for coming yeah, in again. Thank you. thank you so much. Thank you for being so open yeah. and honest and transparent with mm-hmm. all of this stuff. This you is great. You guys are bringing great conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, thank thanks. You. Thanks. We're having fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks to everybody, too, for all of you for listening um, or watching uh, this episode of Breaking Up With Our BS. Uh, catch us on your favorite podcast platform, our YouTube channel. Join our Facebook group. Uh, and be part of this larger conversation. Of course, if you have a topic you'd like to share with us, a story you'd like uh, some junk to be debunked out of, ooh, that was complicated, let us know. Until next time, I am JDK Winnegan. And I'm Tani Sanabria. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Notice (laughs) those stories, everybody. See you next time. I don't think he felt anything after the crash.